Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Maryland's Most Notorious Murders, where the most gruesome, the most grisly, the most high-profile, noteworthy homicide cases in Maryland are examined and profiled. Last season, 10 notorious homicide cases were profiled where children were killed. This season, teen killers are profiled. Season 2 will examine and discuss 10 cases where a teenager took someone else's life. Each episode will also continue to profile and examine an unsolved homicide in Maryland that needs attention. On this episode, teenage murderer Latay Sharice King is profiled and this episode's unsolved homicide is the murder of Joseph Wote. Some kids just got it rough from the beginning, right from the start. Born into trauma or turmoil, from birth they are literally just thrust or thrown into all the wrong circumstances or an environment. Parental drug abuse, neglect, shitty poor environments, trauma, being exposed to all of that, especially at a young age, can basically have a huge influence on who or what or how you turn out in life. Take the case of 16-year-old Latay King, known as Jasmine on the streets of East Baltimore, specifically in the 1900 block of East 31st Street where she grew up. As a baby, Latay was mostly abandoned by her mother and her father and was raised by her godparents. Sometimes they couldn't deal with her and she was passed around from relative to relative. She started hooking school and eventually not going at all and dropping out in the seventh grade. With no real supervision, parental guidance, or real role models, she was left to be raised by the streets like many kids are. Eventually, she was declared or labeled a child in need of assistance by state social workers in 2004. When she was located and found, she was put in a foster home for somewhat of a fresh start, but because that didn't work out, she was placed back with her godparents in East Baltimore again. Then again, the pattern repeated itself and she drifted from relative to relative and house to house and eventually the streets. On the chilly night of November 7th, 2006, Latay and three other rowdy teens, all with no supervision, no real parental guidance, they tried unsuccessfully to get into the nightclub Club Paradox in South Baltimore. The Paradox was like a dance nightclub that opened in 1991, but closed in 2016. When they couldn't get in and was denied entry because of the no jeans policy. Pissed, they headed back home to East Baltimore. To get there, they hopped on the closest light rail stopped, which, which, which was just a few feet away. The Maryland light rail is a transportation train-like ride that travels throughout Maryland, making 33 stops from Anne Arundel County to Baltimore County. When the teens got on the light rail, they noticed two other teens who looked like they could be getting some money. 17-year-old Nicole Nikki Edmonds and her brother had just gotten off from their shift at the Wendy's fast food restaurant in Lithicum. 
still in their work uniforms and on their way home. The two had taken this ride many times before, but this ride would be different. This ride would be fatal. Nicole, who was sitting next to her brother, was using her cell phone. Latay's eyes drifted to the cell phone and she decided that she was going to get it from her. Maybe Nicole and her brother could sense trouble and knew something was up because when they got off at their stop, the North Avenue stop, Latay and the three other teenagers got off too. Suddenly, two of the teens grabbed Nicole's brother by his jacket, yanked the jacket over his head and threw him to the ground. Nicole took off running and the five foot six inch, 170 pound Latay easily caught up to Nicole, threw her to the ground and pounced on her. Latay then pulled out a knife and plunged it into Nicole's chest twice ending her life on the North Avenue light rail stop. Then to add insult to injury, she took a bite. She took a bite from a Wendy's hamburger out of the girl's pocketbook that she had just killed. And she walked away from the stabbing like it was just nothing. After that, the teens ran off. Latay never did get her cell phone and later, her brother kept calling it and using her, using her ringtone, he was able to find his sister's body near the light rail stop. 911 was called and Nicole was rushed to an area hospital, but she was pronounced dead from her injuries shortly after. According to an interview Nicole's father had given to the Baltimore Sun, Nicole had also had a rough start in life as a toddler she had been placed in foster care herself, but she had been adopted by her foster family at two years old and excelled in life. Her father said he watched her grow up to be a very responsible young lady who worked very hard and wanted to go to college and work with young kids. Her parents had even taken her out of her zone school, which was Frederick Douglass High School, and tried to homeschool her because they worried about her safety and all of the negative influences that public school can sometimes have. Her father, who was a pastor at a local church, said he held no hard feelings toward his daughter's killers because two families actually lost out. But he said he missed his daughter who used to play practical jokes on him and would try to cheer him up whenever he was upset until he laughed and smiled. I'll miss that. There's nobody in my life who fulfills that, he told the Baltimore Sun. At first, the police had no suspects. Then, two weeks after Nicole was killed, a family member of one of the four teens who had been involved in the fight called detectives to let them know that there might be involved that they might be involved in a murder. The detectives questioned that person, and that person named Latay as the killer. Charged with first-degree murder, Latay was found at her adult boyfriend's home in Prince George's County and arrested. Charged as an adult with Nicole's murder, Latay was held at Baltimore Central Booking Intake Facility with no bail. Latay eventually accepted an Alfred plea on murder charges and received a life sentence with all but 25 years suspended. This case was notorious in murder, and this case was notorious in Merlin because the fact that Latay was so young and Stab basically stabbed the 
basically stabbed her victim for no reason or basically for a cell phone that she didn't even get in the first place. And also because um, the brutal nature of the fact that she didn't even care about the fact that she had just killed somebody and was able to just eat from her pocketbook or eat, take a bite out of a sandwich from her pocketbook. That made this case uh, stand out. The fact that she had no conscience, no remorse, no anything from this basically taking somebody's life on the light rail stop. Um, the excuse or the explanation that was given to the uh, attorneys at her trial was the fact that she had a rough upbringing. So plenty of kids that have rough up upbringings do not go around murdering other kids. I mean, um, she was passed around from relative from relative foster home and stuff like that. And like I said, you know, it's plenty of kids that have that type of background, but who do not turn out to be murderers. Um, so I believe that was a feeble excuse. Um, she was eligible for a protection institution, which is an institution that focuses on mental treatment versus incarceration. But as of today, Latay is actually at a detention center. Um, I wonder if while she's serving her time in that adult detention center, I do wonder if she thinks about her victim at all. Like they didn't even know each other and she wasn't able to get anything from her other than a, a pocketbook and some, a hamburger. That's what she was killed for. Um, I know Nicole's brother has got to be devastated because this is something that he practically witnessed. I know this is something that he relives daily. I feel sorry for her family. Uh, from the situation that she was dealt early on in life to eventually be killed on the sub or the light ray stop like it was like it was nothing like she was just trash um one day Latay will be released i wonder how she will be able to proceed and go on with her life with the realization of what happened and what she has done to this young lady who ended up losing her life on that cold November night, I do remember this case very, very clearly because I was, at the time, I was someone who caught the light rail a lot and I was worried about if something like that could just happen to me um, just by it being a bunch of group of teens. You know, this case was just completely devastating. You know, everyone mentions the rough upbringing that she had. I mean, and the fact that uh, she did not live with her mother, but what about her father? Nobody says anything about where was Latay's father in this whole scenario. Uh, where were aunts, uncles, or anything like that, basically. I wonder what went on in her mind or what was dead in her mind to have zero conscience to basically stab a stranger on a train and to walk away with no recall, no remorse, no conscience, no anything. That's just something that if you can master that or do something, do, you know, perform something like that at the age of 16, 
there's no telling what had been in your mind and what possibly could still be there. Um, this will be something that Latay will have to live with for the rest of her life, as well as the other individuals that were involved. This is something they're going to have to live with for the rest of their life. And hopefully they will be able to accept whatever punishment God gives them. Because even if they are released one day, the thought of what occurred on that light rail stop and the thought of what she did is going to be something that's going that should be in her mind on a daily basis. You, I think this is something that she should be able to, or something that she should have to think about every day. And something that should not just be easily forgotten or easily done away with just because you've served your time or you're released because by the time she's released she'll still be young she'll still be able to move on with her life she'll still be able to have kids uh she'll still be able to enjoy life but her victim will not so i do believe that this will be something that Latay will have to live with for the rest of her life. This episode's unsolved homicide is the murder of political candidate Joseph Wotey. A party had just ended at the at the Gami Nagrin Multipurpose Neighborhood Center in the 4300 block of York Road on the early morning hours of May 31st, 2009. At around 3.40 a.m., 60-year-old Joseph Wolte was busy cleaning up the social hall after the party at the center that he had created. Joseph had created the spot in 1990 to help residents in the neighborhood to improve their lives by learning GED courses and various other life-improving skills. Suddenly, two men came into the center and one of them asked Joseph about renting the place for a party. When Joseph told the man that there was a $10 holding fee, the man didn't like that answer. The man then demanded that Joseph give him money and reached through an opening that was in a security window and grabbed a bag that was lying on the counter, probably thinking that money was in it. Joseph struggled with him to get the bag back, and seconds later, another man walked in with a gun and shot Joseph in the chest as he stood behind the counter. Then they took off running. They ended up getting away with no money and the bag that they wanted so bad only had an electric charger in it. Joseph was rushed to John Hopkins Hospital but died an hour later. Joseph had been born in Guillaume-Bong County in Liberia in 1949 where he earned a bachelor's at the University of Liberia. Later, after coming to the United States, he earned two master's degrees from Morgan State University and a PhD from the University of Maryland College Park. A Liberian politician and a member of the Labor Party of Liberia, Joseph ran as a Liberian presidential candidate in the October 2005 presidential election and placed 14th out of 22 candidates, getting only 6% of the votes. He later created the Wotee Progressive Movement 
and had decided to run again for president of Liberia in the next election in 2011. But unfortunately, he was shot and killed in Baltimore City first. Joseph was a well-known pillar of strength in his Penn Lucy neighborhood and his murder devastated his friends and family abroad. As of today, 12 years later, his murder is still unsolved and detectives basically have no suspects or leads. Surely someone knows something and his family deserves justice. If you have any information that can lead to an arrest or conviction, please call the homicide detectives at 410-396-2100 or 1-866-7-LOCKUP or you can even text them at 443-902-4824. There is a $2,000 reward for any information leading to an arrest or conviction for the murderer of 60-year-old Joseph Bolte. Once again, this is a murderer. This is a murder that should have been solved by now. Basically, an attempted robbery attempt for a man who was doing a lot for his community, for that Penn Lucy neighborhood, who created a center to help people improve their lives by getting their GED, computer classes. You know, he helped out with inmates and people just, you know, coming home from prison and stuff like that. And someone basically killed him for nothing. They got an empty bag, I mean, or a bag with a charger in it, thinking that it was money. Was it even really worth it? Um, his family deserves justice. His friends deserve justice. I can't even imagine, or then again, I can't imagine what they're going through by waiting for justice to be served and uh, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing if there is going to ever be any arrest. Once again, if you have any information that can lead to an arrest or conviction in this case, please give detectives a call at 410-396-2100. And there is a $2,000 reward leading for any information to uh, an arrest or conviction in this case. Once again, that number again is 410-396-2100 or one eight six six seven lockup. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Maryland's Most Notorious Murders. Please be sure to tune in next week where another gruesome homicide in Maryland will be examined and profiled. Also, please note that all of the cases profiled will be examined in further detail in the book Maryland's Most Notorious Murders, 1990-2000-2008, and the upcoming book, Maryland's Most Notorious Murders, 2009-2020, both which are available on Amazon.com in ebook and paperback. This has been a real-life production. Please be sure to tune in next week.